We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 333. We got threes on the board, just like uh, Gary Sanchez and Glaber Torres' home run totals every game against the Yankees. I mean, against the Orioles. <laughs> it's uh, it's becoming ridiculous, the amount of t-shirts that we've given away against these stupid Baltimore Orioles, because Glaber Torres is just hitting home runs every single time he's at bat, is atrocious. I mean, it's, 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 it's hit a pretty 
pretty unbelievable number. He's got what twelve now in the season, and ten, 10 of 12. them, yeah, ten of them are against the Baltimore Orioles. That's that's just insanity. I don't know why they continue. Gary Thorne is losing his mind. Yeah, he is. Uh, uh, Glaber Torres is bankrupting Bronx, Bronx pinstripes and slowly killing Gary Thorne. <laughs> Which I'm fine with the Gary Thorne thing because I can't stand him. He's annoying. And every time I listen to an Orioles broadcast and hear him say Gary Sanchez, it drives me insane. So um, I got no problem with him going away. I, I think that's an unpopular opinion amongst Yankee fans. I think they have a lot of respect for Gary Thorne. That's fine. It's, I, Do you, you know, know I, I usually I usually don't listen to other people's opinions when I make mine. <laughs> you, well, so uh, Gary Thorne has some of the best Yankees home run calls in recent memory. Um, he's done some playoff games. He did playoff games in the 90s yes. for TV and radio. And obviously the Yankees played in the playoffs every year, went deep in the playoffs every year. And he had some really epic calls, specifically the Mattingly one in 95 i'll hold on to the roof that was a great one um he had a couple other ones in that 95 lds and then also the scott brocious one from the 2001 world series was very good i tweeted both both of those clips out tonight so if you guys want to go back and check those like they were honestly like chill inducing home run calls i just don't like the way he says sanchez it makes me think of a dirty Sanchez every time. It makes me think of dirty Sanchez. That's what so, that's that's what I that's what I what I uh, what I hear when he says. Even it. though Ga- Gary has the little accent on on the A in his name, that has uh, yeah. I don't. I mean, technically, I think that's the pronunciation of. it. I don't think you're one to talk about how to pronounce anything. Personally, I am not a professional TV I broadcaster. Know. Correct. I you're am an not. amateur podcaster. So so answer me this. Why does every single other person on the face of this planet not say Sanchez? Because Sanchez is the common and more easy thing. And also Gary Sanchez says his name is Gary Sanchez. Well, there you go. (laughs) There you go. How about we pronounce it like the guy wants it? But we've heard um, players change. We've seen players say their name differently uh, at different times. It's just Gary Thorne. It's just Gary Thorne. He's the only one who does it. Yeah. That's it. One guy. Yeah. That's it. Um, these games against the Orioles, they're going for the sweep tomorrow. You got to get that sweep. You're got to get that sweep. Your prediction is still, it's still up. It's still up and alive. I don't know if they're going to get there 17 and two, but for the time being, it's still alive. Didn't look like it was going to be there after Monday. I mean, honestly, I, I, I have to judge anybody who thinks it's not, I don't know how you could possibly walk in. I, I said this before, tweet me if you believe before the game starts that the Yankees should lose to the Orioles on any given day. On that day, when you see the lineup and the pitching, it's fine. Just, just, just tell me if you think they're going to lose. I mean, because there's the no reason they should lose. It's not even ever. the lineup and the pitching. It's you watch them play, and they're a sad, pathetic mess. I mean, they're booting, booting the ball around around the field. That left fielder, those two throws on Monday night. What the hell is he doing? How how does he not immediately get sent down to the minors after those two throws from left field? I mean, he almost threw it into the dugout. Because they are the minors. That's that's the problem. <laughs> That there's just they're not a they're not a major league caliber talented team. They're just they're just not. They have guys up that would not normally be up on on other teams. And if they had, you know, half the people that they had last year, none of these these guys would not be playing right now. I know that's the talent is obviously not there. But and so you get you get crushed by a team. You're giving up home runs like that's a talent issue. But how do you? How do you as a how do you left fielder? How, how do you as a left fielder make those throws? And how do you as a catcher? 
have like go back for a pop-up. I'm talking about Luke Voigt's at bat in the ninth inning on Monday. He goes back for a pop-up and then the ball just lands near home plate. Like like he's I mean, never he wasn't tried even to close. catch a like, pop-up before. Like he's not like he didn't even see the ball. Like he took his eye off there was a girl in the stands. Like there was I, a I, gust of wind, like a nor'easter blew through Camden Yards in that split second and pushed the ball f- like 20 feet back to home plate. I don't know. Those are always tough plays. I was a catcher in high school. The pop-up directly behind you is the toughest play. But it's not that hard. But, but at the same time, he wasn't even close to it. No, there was there even wasn't close. even an attempt. It's like it, he was here and then all of a sudden the ball drops 15 feet behind him. It was it was the weirdest thing. What it was really it was the baseball guys just smacking that ball away because it was Luke Voigt who hit it, and Luke Voigt the inning before or two innings before missed that super easy, easy pop-up. Pop so it was just the baseball gods saying, here you go, kid. Well, when Chris Davis is one of the more competent baseball players in your lineup, you know you're a shitbag team. Spray charts. They were putting up spray charts for Chris Davis today. <laughs> I how, how do you even do that? You got to use that on the, That must have been on the Orioles broadcast. Yes, yes. I was flipping back and forth. Yeah, just because I, I like to do that when I'm watching the game sometimes. And spray charts for Chris Davis. And I don't even know how they? you get pull, to that. Pull, 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 pull. What poor? No, there's just nothing there. There's just not very many dots. That's my point. Seven he went dots. Oh, How many? Uh, how, how long did it go? Fifty? Fifty some? How long were the uh, yeah, was dating the back to last year? Last year was like fifty something games that he was right. Shirtless. There's there's no spray chart. It's like it's just a couple of people, like a kid threw you know a bag of marbles and that's it. It's done. Analytics so, couldn't even pick up what he was doing because the there were no analytics. The percentages were all round numbers. Right. Uh, we're gonna get to everything uh, that's happened so far this week. Couple quick updates. So the May thirty first event tickets are no longer on sale. Correct. They are no longer on sale. The t-shirts are ordered. They are shipping tomorrow. They should get there with no issue. Do you want to give a little tease on what the shirt is? you want to leave people to surprise? Uh, we'll leave that one to a surprise. I'm going to oh. email it out, actually. The people that bought the tickets are the ones that deserve to, uh, to see it first and hear about it first. So I will send you an email. Um, it'll be this week uh, with just some more details about what's going on and the tickets and the t-shirts and all that stuff. But coming up around the corner, which is going to come up super fast after this event, is June 22nd, which is the Houston game. That's a Saturday 7 o'clock game. Those tickets are on sale. I think we have, uh, I don't know, 75, 85 tickets sold, something like that right now. Um, but uh, I definitely expect to uh, to get up you know, probably around 200 or so. That is a 7 o'clock game. We're working on some uh, a different type of pregame for for that event i'm not sure if it's going to happen because we're kind of in talks with some people but we are trying to secure a parking lot uh to do like a tailgate that's that's kind of the goal um but there's a lot of tape to walk around to get a lot of people and a lot of beer in one area outside of a bar so we're working on it we'll see if it happens yeah that would be awesome i know you and i have talked about doing that uh pretty much since the events the whole idea of the events first started that a whole tailgate type atmosphere the last game, the last game I was at, I uh, I drank a, a few beers, and the, at the end of the game, I apparently didn't stop drinking beers, and I had a whole bunch. This was a um, the last event actually. I was with my buddy. We were walking back to the train, and I and I was like, I was going to a lot because it's it's by the Hudson line. So we went over to the um, to the the kid that was working the, the attendant. <laughs> and I grilled him and like got the phone number for the people that own it. I got the, I got like all the details as much as I could possibly get. Uh-huh. I just, I just kept asking the, the guy questions and he kept giving me information. So it was, it was, uh, it was good. So that's, that's where we are. That's how, that's how, 
You're a grinder, Scott. You just you just grind things out. I find my way into places. Right. You, you, you wiggle your way in. And then if you're in Tampa, in Florida, or anywhere in within driving or shouting distance of Florida, and you want to go to the, the crummy Tropicana Field on July 6th, we're doing an invasion of that stadium, if you want to call it a stadium. Those tickets are also on sale. $69. It's going to be a pregame party. It's going to be sort of the same idea as what we've done in the Bronx last two years, just taking it down to Tampa, St. Pete. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We got um, Ferg's, which is across the street, locked in as a place, as the pregame spot. Jared is one of the captains of the um, BP crew. Tampa is working through that. All the details, I actually think he has a meeting with them tomorrow. Um, But yeah, we have 200 tickets secured down there. There, a bunch of us are going to be going down. It's going to be a blast. So if you're in the Tampa area or within a driving distance or you want to get on a plane, go to Tampa for the weekend. Um, that's what we're doing. It's going to be fun. So uh, definitely get those tickets. They're 69 bucks, And yeah, lots of lots of good stuff with them. And they're really good seats, too. They're, I mean, it's, it's the trap. So we got... We got field level right by the right by the bullpen, which is on the side. If anybody didn't remember, it's on the side of the uh, that's right behind the, the third base bullpen, right? The we're well, no, we'll be yeah, the Yankees bullpen, right? Yankees yeah. bullpen, third, yeah, baseline, third baseline down the stretch. So we'll be able to uh, chirp with those guys. Uh, go check out George's box too. They just dropped another episode on Wednesday. Keith talked about how he wound up in Brian Cashman's box. That was legitimately Brian Cashman's box. Yeah. Brian Cashman I, was not so just doing rounds. Yeah, he wasn't just doing rounds. You know, take. Uh, Doing his uh, his duty as Yankees general manager. No, that was his own private suite. Um, that sounded like an awesome atmosphere for for to just watch a baseball game in. Turn around, all of a sudden Brian Cashman is behind you. You're like, oh shit. Um, so go check that out. Uh, they talked about a bunch of other things as well, as well as the Stadium Meets web series. If you guys have not seen that, it's all over our YouTube page, Facebook page. There's a thread on Twitter. If you just search hashtag Stadium Meets, you can catch up on all the videos. I was on the most recent episode. I thought I was doing a nice thing, Scott, going on JJ's show, and he flips me off. He calls me a scumbag. I mean, just classic JJ being a unclassy person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of it, you were feeding him. Um, what was it? Uh, avocado, avocado bites. Avocado bites. Yep, we tried the avocado bites. I was I was establishing my dominance over him. I was claiming my territory when I double dipped. And then he blames me for getting the flu. It's just, I don't know if I'm going to go on that show again. It's basically what I'm saying. I mean, I understand the double dipping, you know, blaming you for the flu, though. Kind of, kind of makes a little bit of a sense. I triple that, is, that is one of those test things. He was right in the sense of this. You are about to get married. And when someone gives you a test, one that is, is um, very well known that there's a wrong answer. Like, yeah, there's no wrong answer to this. Oh, there is a wrong answer. There's definitely a wrong answer. I am firmly on the double dip side. You like to double dip. You like to, to bite something. Everyone likes to double dip. If you are dipping something in a sauce, mm-hmm. you want to double dip that. So get your own sauce. Put the there sauce was on only your plate. one sauce. I thought we were friends. Did we're you turn it? A review. Did you did you turn the avocado bite? No, it went right in there. <laughs> you went saliva. There was a saliva string. Yes. Going into the going into the sauce. Yes. Could have you could have turned it. I could, could have if, turned if it and then used the, the non. If this is a public, if you know, if you're, it, it was public. It was very public. No, but if Yankee Stadium, if it's a shared communal sort of whatever uh, situation where there's a dipping sauce, of course you're not going to double dip. You're going to take some for yourself. But this, amongst friends, I know JJ. JJ knows me. I got in there. I double dip. So what? Get over it. All right. I'm just not letting you near my sauce. 
<laughs> I just, I just know, I know now, now you have double dip on your forehead. Yes. So nobody's, nobody's sharing their fries with you. In, in addition to uh, blast it out everywhere that game four of the World Series, if the Yankees do indeed make it, I might be preoccupied. When the Yankees make it and when the game four happens, you ha- unfortunately are taking me down with you. <laughs> and you that can is do bullshit. whatever you want. That is back. bullshit. You can be in the back with uh, my dad and Frank and you guys. Oh, can oh watch I will the game. be watching the game. I will definitely be watching the game. There's, there's, a bar. there's no doubt about that. You can check out the game. I'm not worried about watching the game. I, I will. I will be watching that game. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm hoping for wherever the Yankees are playing, they're going to be on the road for game four and it's going to be rained out. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Glaber Torres. We kind of mentioned it at the top, but 10 of his 12 home runs on the season are against Baltimore. He's basically on a one for one home run pace against them. He's played 11 games. He's at 10 home runs. Five of his six career multi home run games are against Baltimore. It, it's unbelievable. It, it's, it's laughable when he hit that second one to right field tonight. I, I didn't even I, I just laughed. I immediately started laughing. It was it didn't look like a home run off the bat, but I knew it was gonna be a home run because when he hits the ball against the Orioles, it goes for a home run. I mean, when you get the ball up in the air in that place, it's it's a pretty good shot, you know, to get out. It's the ball just flies there. But I I mean I can't believe that and in his fourth at bat, I think it was his fourth at bat, the last one, he had a ball, a fastball down the gut, and he put a Big well, swing he was on it. Once, just, once he hit the two, he was up there swinging for the fences the next But he back. just, I mean, just barely missed this ball, too. So he was super close to connecting with that with that uh, third home run. I think Gary but Thorne yeah, would have jumped out of the booth. You know, it would have it would have been it would have been an unbelievable sight to to at least listen to to what the what the call would have been and and hear how much drama came out of Gary Thorne's mouth. I would have I would have liked it. Would have given me a little bit of um you know payback for the 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 hearing Sanchez a, b- a billion times. But look, man, Glaber's locked in right now, and we see when that kid's locked in. He did this last year pretty close to the same time. He was super locked in. So now we we see this guy as as this. As this type of guy, not the 10 home runs in 11 games guy, but the guy who hits with, you know, a bit of power now, the the unexpected power to him, um, but he can hit for average. He uh, and, and he just does a lot of really good things offensively. Um, we just got to see him continue because we we both believe that last year, the second half was was more him not over that hip injury, that hip injury kind of lingering. So I'm interested to see him, you know, pray I'm, I'm knocking on wood, stay healthy and and finish this year strong are you at all concerned that if you take out the baltimore games glaber's not actually having a good season no because <laughs> we've played the baltimore orioles so many times already uh, you know it's just it's a it's 11 games i was joking about that on twitter tonight and people took me seriously i mean when you look at the numbers when you look at the splits between the um, the non-Baltimore teams and the team from Baltimore well when you played they're pretty dramatic when you played 11 of your whatever it is 50 something games against the team yeah that's going to happen but his numbers right. are ridiculous Sanchez's numbers are equally if not actually more ridiculous because he's hit i believe is it 8 home runs against them in fewer games because he was hurt for some of those games and right. in Camden Yards he's I think if Gary Sanchez played for the Orioles in Camden Yards, he might hit 90 home runs a year. <laughs> he hits a lot of home runs there. And Wait, I'm just so glad. I'm just so he, happy. He can hit a pop-up to left field and the thing is gone. I'm just very happy that they're in our division and we play them 19 times. You know, like those. It's those, a gift. Those, it's, a, it's a real gift. 
those two losses at Yankee Stadium are bullshit. <laughs> they really are. Two losses. They're bullshit. Two losses with the healthy lineup. I also know that that's concerning They're, as well. Stanton was in that lineup, um, and Duhar was in that lineup. Judge was in that lineup. They're just bullshit. Troy Tulowitzki was in that lineup. We're never going to see Troy Tulowitzki ever again of course in not. our lives. I don't think anywhere. I think it's it. Yeah, he'll surface somewhere next year in spring training with a team. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he'll come back. He'll try to come back at least this year. Yeah. Hap was terrible on Mon- in Monday's start, and he's he's faced the Orioles. Let's talk about Hap right now. So he's faced the Orioles four times. He's the opposite of Gary Sanchez and the opposite of Glaber Torres. I don't right. know what's happening with him. He is chan- he he is putting himself into the Orioles pitcher's <laughs> shoes when he's facing the Orioles. It doesn't make any sense. So four starts in two months against one single team is a lot. It's not an excuse, but it is a lot. So four starts against the Orioles, 17.1 innings pitched, 24 hits, 15 earned runs. That's a 779 ERA. It's just god-awful. Against all other opponents, six starts, 35 innings, 31 hits, 15 earned runs, 386 ERA. I, I don't under, How do these splits make any sense? So uh, here's what I'm just kind of making sense of this in my head, right? Like you, like you said, they've seen they've seen him four times, four starts. So whether it's yes, it's a major league team, not major league talent, but they have some guys on there that can hit the ball out. When you see a guy that throws a fastball predominantly and then and then struggles because he struggled the entire beginning of the season so far to locate that fastball, and you know for whatever reason it just hasn't been an effective pitch. And and he's a fastball guy, you know. You're going to get hit around if you if you're the same if you're the same team facing that that pitcher because it's it's all you're doing is looking for a fastball now in a, in a specific zone, and and if you get it, you're you're putting a good swing on it. And all of these guys can hit fastballs. So, you know, I think it, it's it's escalated more with him because the the pitch that is so that that's been so good his entire career his four seam so fastball. bad right now is the four seam fastball and, and that's it, a hittable pitch when it's bad he has thrown that pitch 60 close to 60 percent of his career that's been yeah. his bread and butter pitch and it's I, I was reading something an article on hap from the offseason talking about his sneaky fastball and that it doesn't light up the radar gun it's not 98 99 miles an hour it it's 92 miles an hour, but it actually plays much faster. It's a high spin rate fastball. He hits 94, 95. He, he's definitely more than 92. Sure, but he's not a guy that you look and, and see him blazing the radar gun and say, oh, he's a, he's a dominant fastball pitcher. But he pitches like one because it, it plays up. It plays better, plays quicker, plays faster than it, than it really is on the radar gun. He's not lost velocity. As far as I know uh, from checking earlier in the season, he's not lost spin rate. Yes, he's miss- he's missing location some, but it's just being hit. 701 slugging percentage against his four-seam fastball. 10 of his 13 home runs allowed are against his four-seam fastball. He's got a 2.2 home run per nine rate. That's the- He's never had higher than a 1.5 in his entire career. And the majority of them are coming early in the game, too. Yeah. He's, he's trying to get he's out ahead. deep in games. <laughs> No, he's well. I mean, but it's happening in the first, second inning. Uh, how many? He's got. A, I don't have the the number in front of me, but just by watching the games all this year, he's got a ton of first inning home runs yeah. allowed. But the, so when you're missing with the fastball like that, and you're trying to get out in front, and you're trying to establish it. Like these guys are now just looking for 
you know, a fastball over the plate in whatever zone that they're comfortable in. That's they're they're looking for a specific pitch, I think. And because he can't throw it for a strike, they're spitting on it. And they know that. So they're just waiting for him to come over the plate or come into their zone. And you don't need to be you don't need to do anything crazy when you're going against a guy when he has the best pitch as a four seam fastball and he can't locate that thing. You just sit there and wait for your pitch. Uh, and I think that's what's happening. They don't have to get cute with him. They don't have to. They could pretty much spit on everything else. And I think this is not a case of oh they they know they now know what's coming with Hap. They've known what's coming with Hap for his entire career. Yeah, no, I, it's it, there's something going on with his mechanics. You can tell. So one of the things that you know people were trying to compare this to um, to Sonny Gray. And while you're looking at performance wise, you know it's not that dissimilar. But in the the problem is with Sonny, or the problem was with Sonny, was the fact that he would never took ownership for his struggles. He never would come out and say, yeah, I'm struggling. I got to fix it. You know, being, having, having, a, you know, just a little bit of, of, of humbleness behind your words and talking and acting like you have uh, some accountability in your actions. Haps the opposite. Haps the complete opposite. When you listen to him talk after the games, he's frustrated. You can, you can see it and you can hear it. You can, it's all written all over him. Um, He's frustrated with the way he's pitching. He doesn't know why the fastball is not as effective as it was. So, I don't know. For whatever reason, that just sits better with me. I know the, it's not helping the performance by any means, but yeah. um, I think he's going to figure it out at some point. I think it's some kind of a mechanical change. Well, they have to stick with him. This is not a situation where they can pull him from the no. rotation anytime there's nobody soon else. because there's no one else. And we got some news after today's game that Sabathia might be missing a start uh, because of a knee. Uh, his knee is barking but with his strikeout is have you that's a term my dad always says when he's got pain like my back is barking or my knee is barking um but his k rate is down eight percent from last year as well and it's the third lowest of his career for any season so far uh do you remember the boston game how we talked about how he made adjustments in the middle of that game and he was throwing more two seamers and he had a really good game and then he went on a little run where he had a, a string of good starts so I'm wondering if this is he he's figuring it out. He's got to figure out how to pitch differently than just his four seam fastball. Well, yeah, I mean if you if your four seam fastball is not not there and it's and you're not able to locate it or it's coming out flat, you have to figure you have to figure something out. I know he's been throwing more sinkers. He's throwing more sinkers, two seam fastball. Trying it's to work been, work that in. It's been okay. It hasn't been a great pitch for him. But I mean, at the same time, he's got to he's got to work on the either the um, you know the mix of the pitches, and and just try to throw some of these, you know, more deceptive pitches a little bit more often. But look, the bottom line is, is he's got to locate that fastball. It's not going to go away. He's not going to invent himself in the middle of the season. Reinvent himself in the middle of the season. What he needs to do is fix fix the problem on, on why he cannot locate that fastball or why it's it's just not. Um, you know, working as his most effective pitch anymore because he's done this for his entire career. So it just leads me to believe that something mechanically is is off. Um, and I think that's fixable. I think you could fix that. And I, and I know what, just by by listening to him and, and knowing, you know, what a consummate pro the guy is and has been his entire career, I, I think he's going to figure it out at some point. I, you know, I, I don't have his answers, but I think he will find them. A lot of Yankees fans are not trusting that Hap is going to figure this thing out. I mean, it doesn't seem to me like it's an age thing, and that's that's pretty much the concern for everybody, right? He's a he's a um, 36, 37 year old guy that they signed for a two year deal, the third year option, what seventeen million bucks a year, 
And everybody's looking at Corbin. I know everybody's like, oh, look at Corbin, what he's doing in the National League. Fine. It, you know, the Yankees decided not to go after that because he got a stupid amount of money. I still don't blame them for that. But Hap, uh, Hap's been a guy that's been good for pretty much his entire career and showed last year that really age has not affected him one bit. So, and we're seeing now, you know, the velocity is not down. The spin rate, the last time we checked when Rohan was, uh, was looking into him as well, not, not really affected much. Right. So, yeah, I, but wouldn't that, that almost, that's gotta be mechanical. Wouldn't that almost make it more concerning? Well, no, because I think that's just points to the mechanics. I think there's something going on with the way, whether it's a, you know, the arm slot or, um, I don't know, I'd be guessing at this point, but I think there's, there's probably something mechanical. Mm-hmm. And, and they gotta fix. They gotta find it and fix it. The bizarre thing is, he's getting crushed most by Baltimore, who's a terrible team, and he he pitched okay against some teams like Boston, uh, Seattle, who when they faced him was a, a really good hitting team. Minnesota, who's been one of the best hitting teams in baseball, so he's done well against those opponents, and then struggled against Baltimore. Yeah, well, again, if you're seeing a team four times and you're not, but able it's to not like they him. didn't hit him the first time or the second time. They've hit him every single time. Right. I mean, I get it. He's he's look, when you see him the first time, sometimes he's still not great. The, the numbers aren't awesome They're He's almost at a four ERA. You know, when you're seeing the uh, on his six other starts, Tell you what I'd take a three point eight six ERA overall for him right now. Yeah, I mean, it would be great. But that's the thing. <laughs> like when you start seeing more teams, uh, a team more consistently, then, then you still can't locate your fastball. Not good things are going to happen. And I, I believe his quote after the game on Monday was that the Yankees won despite him. And that's true. Yeah. They came back. Hicks got the sack fly to tie it. And then Gary Sanchez, three-run go-ahead home run. Uh, and it was a great comeback. It was another great comeback. Uh, and a comeback that you're watching that game, and they're chipping away late. And the entire time, I'm saying, I, they're going to come back. They're going to win this game. It's just a matter of time that this Baltimore bullpen melts down and the Yankees take this game by the balls. Oh no! This was a this was a, a tremendous a, this was a tremendous Twitter game for me. I called the the comeback. I called the ten run spot. I said everything that they, was going to happen. I called it you know in like the sixth inning. You you just said I just said I wait over the might have been the fifth or fourth inning even. I was just like look I just can't wait till the Yankees throw up a ten spot and send the crowd home happy because that's what they send were going to do. Send the crowd <laughs> at a visiting stadium home happy. Yeah, I think that part of the tweet got underappreciated to tell you the truth. But <laughs> the um, it was uh, it was just one of those games you felt like you if the bullpen can come in and do their job and settle down the game and they did, then the Yankees bats were going to hit no matter what. So if you can keep the Orioles, you know, at six runs, seven runs, whatever it may be, then you're uh, you're in a good position to win the game. I think because the, I, I I believe every single game they play at the Orioles that they're going to hit. Like the only way the Yankees are going to lose a game is if they have a meltdown on the pitching side. And the game ended Monday with the Gary Sanchez three-run home run in the ninth inning. And then on Tuesday, the game ended with the Gary Sanchez home run in the first inning. Yeah, like you, knew ex- you knew exactly the way that game was going as soon as Gary in the first inning on Tuesday hit that ball. Like, it, okay, it was I, five I see, minutes I see into the game. Now. Yeah, five it was five minutes into the game. In the game. I, was, I was saying goodnight to my, to my son and going down to watch the game. And before I even got to turn it on, it was three nothing. It was a fast. It was a fast three runs. And the route was on from there. They just did not stop. They just pummeled the ball all night. And Herman was not great. I think it was his uh, by game score. Baseball Reference has game score. 
his third worst start of the season so far. They didn't extend him. They pulled him after five innings after he gave up the three-run home run. He didn't help himself out with a throwing error. But I think they took that opportunity with a blowout going on. Let's not push him an extra inning. Let's get him out early because then after what you saw, we talked about this last episode, they're going to start to manage his innings. Because we saw, I saw some articles written today on Wednesday about the Yankees' plans with Herman going forward and how they're going to limit his innings this summer. Well, yeah, it was a perfect opportunity to do it too. When you're in a game like that, you know you can you can take advantage of him uh, and the fact that you have a bullpen that can pretty much lock it down. But you know, if the Yankees' bats are going up and smacking the ball like they are against the pitching staff of the Baltimore Orioles, and they have nobody else in their pen. Um, that can do anything really effective against you. That Klein kid had some maybe good stuff. I, I don't even know. No. They're bad, man. Like how how are they going to possibly stop the offense? We've seen these pitchers now. Nobody's good. No. <laughs> Nobody. Andrew Cashman. Andrew, Andrew Cashman Kashner. would have to like get a or Cashner would have to um, would have to get just you know a fountain of youth game. He's going to get traded, right? He's got to get traded. Mancini's got to get traded. I don't know if Mancini will get traded, but uh, what are they waiting for? The rebuild in 2029? Like, what's going on? They gotta sell some tickets. He's he's like the guy now. I don't think Trey Mancini is putting asses in seats, but he could get you a prospect. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the hell they're doing. According to their beat writers, they're not trading anybody. So they. Uh, <laughs> well, what's amazing is that uh, entering last season, they were a contender. I mean, they're, I mean, look at their their team is gutted. They had some good ball players on that team. Their pitching was always terrible, but they had some good position players. But they thought they were going to hit their way to maybe a wild card spot last year entering yeah, and the John, season. And Jonathan Scope forgot to have a hit in the first half of the season. Yeah, and that was a big part of 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 what was going on. Um, and then yeah, uh, then the wheels come off that so you just get rid of everybody. So do you care that Domingo Herman is leading the American League with nine wins? Oh yeah, I love it. Actually, I do care. Your wins are win, important. Big wins guy. Win loss record. Yes. Yeah. Nine wins and are one. important. Nine and one. I think. Yes. Uh, um, Something Jacob, Jacob Degrom couldn't do. It's a shame. That's right. He's almost uh, got as many wins as Degrom's Cy Young season last year. So this is it in the in the bucket. We got this. Cy Young, Domingo Herman. I think Tyler tweeted out that he's on pace for like thirty-one wins. I mean, that's an all-time season right there. <laughs> that is. I, I think people, 24 people, is the modern-day record. Will, like, people the will be talking about wins if he gets to 31. At what number do wins become important? Or at what number? What's a, an when, I see Domingo Herman, when I see Domingo Herman in May have nine wins, it's important. I think that's very good. I think that's, that's a number that I look at. I was like, oh, this guy's probably having a pretty good season. You know, The team is... Um, I mean, he didn't pitch great on Tuesday. Him. He didn't pitch terribly. He did what he no, had to do. He he said uh, he's he even said after the game I was not good. Fine, he can say it all he wants. I love that. I love that. Get your ninth win and tell him tell me you're not good. <laughs> Something that Sunday Gray couldn't do either. Yeah, because he was lights See, out. This, for the- this is exactly what I was expect when I when I made that prediction of twenty wins with with the with the with that scumbag in Cincinnati. That's all you had to do. Just go out there and just throw some innings and let the bats take care of take care right. of business. Right. But he was just a. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. But. But yeah, I mean, it, you don't have to do too much. Just go out there and do your job. And you don't I, have to be perfect. I'm being but hard he's been on, better than that. He's been better than that. You're not oh, giving him yeah. enough credit. No, no, I was. I was being these nine hard wins on are, him. 
these nine wins have come with some very, very, very good outings. I was being hard on him on purpose. He has been their best starting pitcher this year, bar none. Um, he was not great on Tuesday, but he has been great the entire season, and he deserves nine of those, all of those nine wins. And it's funny, his one loss came against the Royals, uh, and I believe it was like a six-inning, one-run uh, performance, and he lost that game. So. so there you go. So nobody's talking about that, right? Should have been a win. And also shout out to David Hale for finishing that game four innings. That's a that's an impressive performance because like sort of like the Chance Adams things Chance Adams thing on Sunday, you finish the game, you save the bullpen. David Hale did the Yankees a great service on Tuesday. Are you are you listening you're listening to uh, you're getting influenced by Keith a little too much right now. You just did a shout out to David Hale. Did I really? Yeah. You said shout out to David Hale. Is that my this, first is, shout out? Is this his third time back on the Yankees? I don't know. Maybe is yeah. it just a second? It feels like the third or fourth. But I was surprised they didn't send him back packing to the minors today. Yeah, I mean, maybe he earned something right there with the four innings but against he's useless the useless to, the, uh, to them until the weekend at least. No, it's true. I mean, they're not going to. If you have a guy that can throw four innings at this point, let's hold on to him for now. You know, let's see what happens because. There's, there's things happening now with CC's knee, which uh, also he's been talking about. I'm, I'm reading tweets as we're recording this after the game on uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday night that he's getting shooting pains. Cole Harvey's talking about shooting pains down the knee is what CC's saying this too. So it doesn't sound good. Of course, with CC, this happens every single year. Right. Absolutely. Um, but what we're doing, what we're dealing with right now, is uh, is is a team that needs starting pitching, and. You know, they really can't afford to have another starter down. I mean, who knows? It's next man up. So, um, you know, someone might come up. Chance Adams might might all of a sudden well, start turning into like the they next experimented guy. experimented with an opener. That didn't work on Sunday. Sabathia looks like he's going to miss at least one start, maybe more starts. Um, and he's been, he's been solid. He's been exactly what we expected him to be, a five-inning pitcher with a couple runs on the board today, he didn't look good. But again, the offense put up a ton of runs early. It didn't really matter. The game got, it mattered way... because he, he, he tried to, I mean, it, they were, they were back within two runs. I mean, it was a it seven, five game pretty close. quick. Yeah. Way too close Two run game in the fifth inning. And if Gardner doesn't throw the guy out at home plate, who knows what happens in that game? Yeah, no, this was going to be a very, if this was the third loss of the season from the, from the Baltimore, it was really going to piss me off if they, had, if they had lost this game. And they had chances late in that game to tack on runs. They had a second and third opportunity, Clint Frazier and, and uh, Estrada up, and they didn't get anybody in. Right. It, di- it didn't matter. I thought it was going to matter because Chad Green comes in in the eighth inning. No one understood this bullpen decision. Canely pitches the sixth. Okay, check. Yep, understand. Adovino pitches the seventh. Okay, yep, I got that. Wait, wait, hold on. Who's that? Chad Chad Green? You're warming up Chad Green? What is going on, Aaron Boone? He's trying to put him back in his old role. Maybe maybe he'll uh, he'll 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 hit. He'll remember what it's like to pitch in the eighth inning. Well, it turns out that Britain just needed a day off. Okay, and he's fine. So it so we're reading tweets. We're trying to just listen to the beat guys after the game too, so we can we don't miss anything. Um, but. Boone talked that Boone said that he was a little beat up. They asked Britton. He said he's fine. Sounds like he just has been throwing a lot of innings lately and just needed a night. That's what it sounds like. And he's available tomorrow. It's two days off in a row for Britton. Yeah. Yeah. So they're just trying to give him, we're trying to give him that extra day. So I understand that. And I kind of piece it together as Chad Green was pitching and he (laughs) drills the first guy. Like, right oh in God, the chest. Here we go. That's that's 96, 97 in the, like to the chest. But come on, what are you thinking when he drills that guy? Meltdown coming, right? Yeah. 
but he didn't. He it, he, it he did. figured it out. Just because that's a good sign. That's a good sign that he figured that out. Just because it worked doesn't make it right. I I I know that Britain was not available. I understand that, but I still don't think Chad Green is the guy to go to there. There's guys ahead of him on the depth chart. Holder is actually ahead of Chad Green on the depth chart right now. I mean, everybody's ahead of him on the depth chart right now. Not Cortez. Wait. Not or Nestor Cortez is, is is was option. So so not David Hale. <laughs> the the thing is is I see this as a very positive thing. Okay. Because yeah, now we got Chad Green. This is yin and, and yang. You see it as positive. I see it as negative. Well, he was in a two-run situation. This game was was tighter than it ever needed to be. The Orioles definitely felt like they were going to do something. You could tell that they were they were trying to steal this game. Because that's where the, the position they were in is they were about to steal a game that they had no business even being in. And you could tell that they kind of knew that. And when the ball kept flying out against CC, they definitely gave them some momentum and gave them the feeling that they were they were in this game and they were, you know, trying to trying to nab it from them. And when you hit a guy to um, you get an out, then you hit a guy and, uh, you know, you run around, tying runs at the plate, feeling good. Chad Green got out of that inning, got out of that situation uh, in the eighth inning in a, in a two run game with a tying run up. That's a positive thing. It could so work I'm, as a I'm real hoping, positive. I'm hoping for him. it helps his uh, it helps his head. It could, that's a huge spot for him, and he he has got to be confident after that performance. So maybe this can be something that helps him turn around his season. I don't know. I all I know is I was I was uneasy watching that inning. I mean, I think every single one of us were uneasy watching that inning. I was I was definitely uneasy. I was I was um, I, you know, I, especially after he hits the guy, you're you're waiting for. You're waiting for the next bad thing to happen because that's that's been the the um the you know the course of action basically this entire year. When Chad Green starts going bad, it's been a snowball, and uh, and he you know he stopped it this this time. So uh, I'm very happy about that because he's a big piece of this bullpen. If if he can get back right, that's a that's a huge weapon that they have still. You know I don't care if people don't trust him this year or they look at Chad Green in 2019 and they're like, nah, this ain't the same guy. This is the guy that um that we cannot. You know, depend on look. Holder started off terrible too, and he's definitely rebounded and and become, you know, a much more reliable piece of that bullpen now for Boone to use. So I do think the Green can use it. I mean, he's got the stuff. It's not like the, you know, much of it's diminished. He got his little mechanical tweaks or whatever he did in Scranton. But he just looked like a it's lost. All his head, he man. looked it's like a head. lost soul though after that performance on Sunday when he drills the guy in the forehead after giving up two home runs, and then he first batter hits a guy. Uh, I'm thinking the guy in the forehead. That sounds so bad. Is what he did. Yeah, I know. It was a glancing blow, but it did hit him in the forehead. <laughs> glancing blow. Okay. <laughs> Still a 96 mile an hour they, fastball. Good thing they were helmets. Good thing they were helmets. I don't think if he wasn't wearing a helmet, he would have said it's a glancing blow. <laughs> but uh, but he just looked like a lost pitcher, and then. He, when he hits the guy in the first batter, I thought he's still a lost pitcher, and, and thankfully he turned it around. Look, it could have been terrible tonight. We've all we've all been looked at Boone, and we're like, "What in God's name are you doing?" But now right, we can look exactly. at him. Don't you? We think- can look at this and say, "Hey, he had, he, he's, he's trying to show confidence in the kid, trying to get his morale back up against the lowly Baltimore Orioles." There's certain ways to get morale up, and a two-run game in the eighth inning is not time for morale. This is not. This is. But not you know what? Time but for you know what the other games. side of that is time to win. The other side of that is the time to do it is against the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, it's a two-run I game, mean, yes. but they're still if the Baltimore Orioles. If there's a team Orioles. to do it against, it's the Baltimore Orioles, but still a two-run game is not something. Uh, and guess what? If they tie the game up, you know, Gary Sanchez or Glenn <laughs> will hit a home run. Someone's going deep late in that Someone's game. Someone's going deep. 
Um, so this game wasn't going to get away. The bats would not have let it happen. We also, I think, learned, and we've been learning this over the last couple of weeks, that Tyler Wade has been Wally pipped from a job he never even had by Taro Estrada, uh, yeah. who hit another home run today, his third of the season. He's 12 for 38 on the season. That's a 316 batting average in a backup role. Why do, the, you, why do we talk about batting average in convenient times when it doesn't matter to anybody? I don't get it. <laughs> I, I mean, you can say it to me because I like it, but I don't understand this. I, I hear it on the broadcast it, all of a sudden, too, and like when people who don't like it use it Inconvenient times. Okay, Either so use it or don't. Either use it or don't. Would you like me to get Tyro Estrada's OPS plus? I mean, I'm just saying th- there are so many people now that are all about these advanced metrics, but yet when there's a good batting average or a uh, you know a good win loss record, they're like, oh yeah, win loss record is this, batting average is this. I'm like, okay, great. So now we're using it again. Nine. Are, are we eight, using it again? He's got a 9.38 OPS and. Uh, my, I'm not going to touch my computer because the thing's about to melt, so I don't want to crash. Skype it's okay. Right no now. one will understand what you're talking about anyway. They understand when you say 316 batting average. You're like, oh, that's pretty good. I'm using it to make a point that he is in the role that Tyler Wade thought he had the last two seasons and didn't even sniff a 200 batting average. So we're seeing a guy who's getting sporadic playing time. He gets a spot start today. He comes off the bench on Sunday in a pinch hitting opportunity because. Um, Urshela falls a ball off his nuts and he gets a big basis clearing double. Like he's coming through in key opportunities. So yeah. he doesn't need to hit 316. But like we said with Tyler Wade, you just need to be some semblance of a major league hitter, which Tyler Wade was not. And Tara Estrada is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about it. If you can get all of the things that Wade can do and then you also add a bat to it, I mean, that's that's a pretty nice little package there. So the fact that he's hitting and and he can play good defense, and we saw him play the outfield as well, even though he hadn't played it since. He's probably you know, not as good of an outfielder as Tyler Wade, oh, but no, 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 no. who I cares? Mean, he's not as good of a fielder as Tyler Wade. Tyler Wade's a better fielder all around. Estrada looked pretty good at second base tonight. He made a couple nice plays. That's fine. He can. He's he's a he's a good. I, I don't think he's a bad fielder, but I'm, but Tyler Wade is probably fine. one of the best, if not the best, yeah. shortstop if, in the in the in the um, system. If it weren't for Tyler Wade's speed and his defense, he would not still be in the Yankees organization getting no, chances. No, but that's the reason he's there because that's right. his. Those are his weapons. That's his. Uh, that's his game. Milieu. <laughs> he he just that's his. You know when when you're leaning on a guy like Tyler Wade, you are looking for a guy at the back of your bench who can play good defense and can run the bases. That's it. That's what you're looking for. So I, I I've I've, t- I've talked about this. Like I, I like having my my 25th man. I like him being a guy that can play multiple positions and run the bases. He just you know he can bunt, <laughs> but he can't hit. I know you didn't get the Yankees broadcast, but Kenny Singleton compared, uh, said that Estrada is a Ronald Torres with power. Torres had some power. Mm. Little toe? No, he didn't. Little toe had a little bit of power. But no, I don't hate that didn't comparison. Power. I didn't no, hate I that mean, bat on ball with a little pop in that bat. He's got a lot of bat on ball. He's um, he, man, he's a he's kind of a powerhouse. I mean, he's 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 got thick. He's built, man. Yeah, I mean, thicc. I like the fact that he came back from a bullet wound. I'm not gonna lie. I think that adds character. I think it it's adds got street cred it's in that clubhouse. Got to. Definitely yeah. adds street cred. Took a bullet, came back. I mean, that's my 25th man. Took a freaking bullet. That's another guy, like Estrada. He's been through some shit. He's taken a bullet and, yeah. and, and still playing baseball. You think baseball? a big moment in October is going <laughs> to exactly. phase him? You think, you think playing the Red Sox in Boston is going to phase him? He got shot. Yeah. 
Nothing. Game on the line? Yeah. I've I've been shot, boys. I got this. Uh, Stanton, so a couple injury updates. What the hell is going on with John Carlos Stanton? Yeah, there's no update. I mean, the fact... No, there is an update. No, the it, update that there is no update. The update that, that nobody's... He's got another thing wrong with him? Right. How how do you get put on the IL back on April 1st for a bicep, bicep strain and then... We don't hear anything for a couple weeks. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue, you got a shoulder issue. And then you're finally worked through that, and you go to start rehab games. You get hit in the knee during live batting practice, and somehow that causes a calf strain, calf tightness. How does getting hit, get, getting hit in the knee with a pitch cause calf tightness? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things that are connected in the leg, so... It, it probably it could have stemmed it could be from lying that. and just saying it's calf tightness and it could be I, a knee issue but dude i i don't know i don't know what is going on with this but there's something fishy yeah there's something fishy something happening because of the fishy. by the way that he is um you know karen veenster wrote an article about this a couple of weeks ago too before uh, actually a lot of this was even coming out. she was kind of sniffing it just after that that little weird press conference that he had that was kind of out of the blue as well. It's like, oh, go show your face, you know, while you're here, which was it was just a weird press conference. It wasn't even a press conference. It was just him taking questions. It but was him he's not just been, answering questions. But he's been like, he's been kind of, he's been standoffish a little bit with, with the way he asked the guy in Tampa. I thought he was gonna, I thought he was gonna pummel him. That guy just, you could tell, didn't give a rat's ass either, <laughs> and was just gonna ask dumb questions. He just didn't care. Like he, you could tell he's a single AB guy. Um, <laughs> and it was just like. So he was so ca- so casual, and nonchalant Singly about asking guys how he did it. Too Scott, he just did not care. Um, but you know, he's just he's getting annoyed with it. Like he's definitely frustrated. But there's something weird here. Something happening. I don't know how you could possibly be on the shelf this long and and now with a third. I, I'm sure the leg injury now is connected to the the hit by pitch. Well. You'd have that's what they're saying. I don't know what else it could be. I don't know why they would lie, and, and I don't know when you when you do so, when you like sprain an ankle, right? When you sprain, you you feel it all the way up the leg. It gets tight. This is but so, this is an impact injury. This is not a sprained ankle. This is a ball hitting you in the knee, like right, which could probably absolutely, swelling in a knee, some yeah. soreness, maybe a bruise in the knee. Exactly. But thank you. How do you then? But then how do you that's have a, a calf strain? Because I'm saying the ligaments, if you hit a ligament or you you connected to something in the knee, you know it absolutely you stiffness, talk stiffness out of your ass so stiffness. much when it comes to medical injuries. No, I just had these injuries and I'm telling you what I've felt in the past. I've I've felt things that are connected. Have you been hit in live batting practice in the knee before? Not, Not talking about batting. your men's league softball, your forty and over softball league. That's that's you know, that's pretty similar to to um, Tampa Batting practice. Also, batting practice. What are they coming in? How do you at? get drilled in the knee in batting practice? Right. Who's throwing the ball? It's weird. And and, and, I'm and what is it? Think, is it coming like seventy five? Is that is that seventy five? Yeah, but it's a shorter distance. Unless this is live batting practice, so that the the pitcher maybe was I don't know maybe the pitcher was throwing. You think from they would do distance? You think they would put him in a, a, a position of live batting practice with a single leg guy? I mean, he's I fa- what do you mean single? A? He's facing single A. Uh, no, I know, but, but time with- after time, I don't know. Just that it seems like that would be a uh, a risk. I feel like Stanton wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But I'm starting to think like because Stanton's just so up in the air and we don't know what's going on. Like Didi might return before him. 
Oh, Didi's definitely going to return before him. There's even no doubt about it. Even though Didi, Didi doesn't even need water he when he's playing in games. Water. Doesn't even need water. He's like, oh, I, I don't need that water. I don't need hydration. I'm Forgot just going to play. drink water out there. It gets, Tampa gets hot. It gets humid in the summer. You're going to dehydrate quickly. He needed an IV because he was dehydrated, but he said he's good to go. He's fine. Everything 100%. Dude, he's a machine. He's an absolute machine. He looks like he could. He's throwing at full, full, you know, full range, hitting no issues. He could literally come up here and play right now. He just doesn't have a position. <laughs> I mean, I think they could find Didi Gregorius a position. I think uh, I'm joking. I'm. I mean, Stanton. There was a chance he was going to be back for his bobblehead night, and that's obviously not going to happen. He shut down for seven to ten days. So now we're looking at like June 1st before he can start his rehab again. Yeah. Meanwhile, Didi, they're talking about mid-June. I, I could really see Didi coming back before Stan. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think that uh, June 1st starting another rehab is even aggressive for, for what they're doing with him. I think they're going to, the way that this team is going, they're, they're going to continue to take their sweet-ass time with him. I mean, they're, winning. It's obvious. they're still winning, so they can take their sweet-ass time with him. But. It's obvious when something happens with him. When something goes wrong, then it, there's, there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's, there's a, a major effect. He's such a big-bodied guy that, you know, I, you know this, is, this has always been my concern with Judge, you know, go long-term with him. Because if there's something going on, uh, some kind of an injury, I got to believe I'm not a, a six seven human being by any means. But when you have any kind of injury like that, you're doing different things with that big ass body trying to trying to get to the same place, you know, with your hands and your and your arms and your waist and your everything. Just got to. So I can I can imagine how there's different injuries that can occur when you have that much force. And that was know, a, that was a criticism. I don't know if criticism is the right word on Stanton in, in Miami is that he really only played one full healthy season. And he, was, he played a full season last year, but he was not fully healthy. He dealt with a hamstring injury a lot in the second half, which probably hurt his performance. And mm-hmm. now this year he spent time on the IL. And you talk about Judge. He's also 2017, um, didn't miss time, but injured with the shoulder in the second half. 2018, spent time on the, on the IL. I know it was a freak injury. He got hit in the it wrist was the, with it a was pitch. The, it was the DL. It was the DL back then. And now he's on the IL with an oblique. So... Two two big guys have been banged up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely the concern with them. Um, and then it probably just takes them longer too to get back to the point where their you know their timing is there and they're they're comfortable again. Because that, that that's the other thing. Like a timing with a big bodied guy like that, like that that shit doesn't happen overnight. No. Yeah. That's a, a lot more of muscle surface, memory more to, surface to get area to heal to get back to a, a consistent path with your bat a consistent you know just mechanically sound baseball player it's gotta it's gotta take a lot longer and another injury that's actually broke a, a good way for the yankees is tanaka is not going to miss a start he's he's scheduled to make his start thursday afternoon in baltimore said there's a little bit of soreness but he's good to go hey power to tanaka man i think a lot of other guys probably would have missed the start but uh, i think tanaka has that Bulldog that uh that that bulldog mentality, the Tanaka mentality, yeah. Anti UI. He's like, it's time. It's Tanaka time. It's uh, it, Romine will probably be catching because it's a day game after a night game. So I guess we're gonna have to wait and see on that personal catcher situation. Yeah, you can't really claim it after this one. No, I can't. I said I can't if it's gonna be a day game after a night game. And then the Yankees go to Kansas City, where they uh, will hopefully beat up on the crappy Kansas City Royals. 
All right, final topic before we close out this episode. So I tweeted out on Wednesday morning that the Yankees have the third best record in the American League behind the Houston Astros and the Minnesota Twins. And I said, of course, Houston's legit. They're a wagon. Definitely would be nervous about going up against Houston in a playoff series. Minnesota, on the other hand, eh, is anyone really concerned about Minnesota? I dare you to find a Yankees fan alive who is concerned about going up against Minnesota. And believe it or not, I got involved in Twins Twitter. I didn't know Twins Twitter was a thing. Twins Twitter is alive and it is spectacular because two people <laughs> contacted me and they were not happy with my claim on the Minnesota Twins. You know, so the the way that the um, the kid, I, I got to imagine he's like an 11-year-old kid that was arguing with you because he was, he was calling out that Yankee is not or the call the Yankees buying all their players. Like the so same like, narrative from 2005 that's still going strong. Yeah. So someone told him that. So his dad told him that, and then he he just threw out a name because he sees you know someone who's playing on the team. He said Aaron Hicks. He's <laughs> right. the guy that you uh, that you was, bought. So he so that he named four players in a tweet that said the Yankees just buy their players, and he used four players as examples: Giancarlo Stanton, which. I gave him, even though the Yankees technically acquired Stanton in a trade, he's still making a lot of money. They were not able, not many teams are in a position to acquire a contract like Stanton. So I gave it to him. He said Paxton, which I said, well, that was a trade and he's in arbitration. So false. He said Cameron Mabin. And I was confused. I just said, excuse me, what? What are you talking about, Cameron Mabin? League minimum (laughs) that they picked up off the scrap heap. And then he dropped Aaron Hicks on me as a player the Yankees buy. And see what I think it happened. He's, he's, he's thinking about the seven-year deal. Yes. He just Googled Aaron Hicks' contract and saw that they signed him to a seven-year deal. And he's like, oh, they bought another free agent. Meanwhile, did, he did probably not realize we traded J.R. Murphy. That bum J.R. Murphy who's only good for notching belts on CC Sabathia's Hall of Fame milestone career. And we got maybe a top three center fielder in baseball and Aaron Hicks for that. Look, I got nothing against John Ryan Murphy, first of all. Let's get that straight. I don't know where this John Ryan Murphy hates coming from, but the the, um, the this kid obviously had no idea what he was talking about. Uh, literally traded uh, the kid from his team. So, you know, twins, twins Twitter credibility completely out the window. <laughs> twins Twitter fail. And people are throwing out stats like the Twins run differential is excellent. They lead the league in a lot of offensive categories. Um, they're, they're hitting a lot of home runs. They uh, Their top three in their rotation is actually pretty solid. Um, and they have their 500 against above 500 teams, just exactly like the Yankees, 500 against above 500 teams. And to that, I say, yes, yes. Even if the Twins are legit, even if they win the AL Central, I am not scared of the Minnesota Twins. But you're not scared of Rocco Baldelli, the pride of Rhode Island? I does that, does that the put a, hell does that put a little Baldelli. bit of fear? I wish that man all the Dells lemonade in the world. But he and the Minnesota Twins will not beat the Yankees in a playoff series. You don't think the Rocco out. Baldelli era could be a little different? No. You're not, you're not worried about Michael Pineda spinning an uh, eight-inning shutout game against the New York Yankees in the playoffs? No. You're not worried about um, Byron Buxton? <laughs> playing the entire season and actually hitting above 200 that's a batting average and uh and stealing you know five six bases off us in a in a in a series and causing mayhem on the base path i think no i think the twins all they they would 
consider it a moral victory if they don't get swept in the playoffs by the Yankees? Here's what I'm concerned about. Here, here's what I, what, I, what I think they just need to focus on. I think this year more than any other year, and I, I think, what, 2012 was that the last time we've won the AL East? The, yeah. the Yankees need to win the AL East. We need to not get into the stupid wild card game, not let one game, uh, you know, one game chance game happen because that's what it is. It's it's but a, the it's Twins a might win their game. division. They've got like a six and a half game lead over the Indians. That's fine. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried about the so Twins. You're no, right we're now. no longer talking about the Twins. No, <laughs> I'm just talking, talking about. about I'm just talking about the fact that that you know we've played them in a wild card game before, and yeah, we went down early and it was nerve wracking because Severino sucked. And all of a sudden, Didi, the miraculous recovery guy who's good at everything bailed us out and i don't want to do that again i i just i want to be in a real series please that's it i want to i want to have my guys rested i don't want to play some bullshit game that's a, a play-in game and i want to play a real series so so yeah the yankees need to win the al east this year that's got to be it that is indeed the goal that's and how it starts still atop the american league east so so far that plan is working out and they're about to get some guys back and healthy or hopefully Hopefully at some point this season, but it doesn't matter because the... It seems like as every time they are approaching another healthy guy, the guy, like, you know, another injury pops up. As long as they can keep playing teams like Baltimore, they're going to keep winning. Hopefully they complete the four-game sweep on Thursday. Go to Kansas City, take care of business before we we uh, face a real team next week at the stadium, the Red Sox, who uh, they will be there for a four-game series. May 31st is our event. Tickets and all that stuff will be going out soon. Scott, any last words? Uh, Red Sox won tonight, so they're still on. They came uh, back on, then because I think they blew that game. It was a 13th then, inning, and the Rays also won, so still a two-game lead. Okay. Thanks for the update. You're welcome. Are those your last words? Those are my last words. Why did you have to ask me that? All right. Talk to everybody on Monday. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show... We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.